Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? It's good to be with you. I could record that and just press a button and play it every morning because it is good to be with you. And I love it. And um, I've had many, many wonderful comments um, in gratitude to LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross that we're live streaming now. And I'm, I'm very pleased. We've heard from people all over the country. I don't know how many states all over the place and, and one from uh, overseas from England. And I know others are listening overseas. So it's a, it's a really, really wonderful yesterday. Um, I uh, was going to read and we never got to it, uh, but I gave you the scripture of second Timothy chapter three, one through 17, which 2,000 years ago, the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy about these times, uh, the times to come. And um, I gave you the scripture reference, but I didn't read it, and I've got it in our next newsletter. Now, we're just in the process of writing our next newsletter. I haven't, um, we haven't uh, finished it or printed it or anything yet. And by the way, if you'd like to receive our newsletters we can't even get four out a year. That's the most we've ever done, and and that's it. And um, no other mailing list and all that kind of thing. But um, you can always go to www.motherofisraelshope, our website, click on the newsletter tab, and right on top there you can subscribe if you wish, by snail mail, by email, or both. It It really, don't worry about saving us postage, because we often... Uh, put little gifts in the mail version, holy cards, CDs sometimes, DVDs, booklets, other things. So I'm happy when you get it by regular mail, but email is 100% fine, and some people want both, so you can do that. Um, But in our, in, in fact, I have this passage right on the cover of our next newsletter, and it says this. These are Paul's words to his son, Timothy, his son in the faith and said this, you must understand this, that in the last days, now we're in the last days, am I a prophet? No, the last days began with Jesus on the cross. That began the last days. Everything the Old Testament pointed to was fulfilled in him, and is being fulfilled in him, but the Mosaic law was fulfilled in him, and and again, Jesus said, I didn't come to abolish, but to fulfill. Um, and so we are near, I think, the last days of the last days. I think we're nearing that time quite soon. Um, and I think we're going to see much ahead of us, even in the next 10 years, that probably will shock most of us. As bad as things look, as much as I say we are frogs in warm water and we're going to boil to get death and not even know it, that's what's happening to us now, I think uh, things are going downhill and will accelerate so quickly that our heads may spin. The only remedy, beloved, is to live your faith, to return to God, to repent, and to live as a Catholic, being in the world and not of it. There's no other remedy. 
There's no other remedy. Uh, you can't change the church. You cannot convert the bishops and the priests and everybody else. We can. God can use us if we live holy, holy lives, holy lives. And then we can help them uh, return to orthodoxy and the church. And there are many, many good, solid, holy orthodox bishops and priests out there, many, many, and we need to encourage one another. So Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy, you must understand this, that in the last days, distressing times will come, for people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, inhuman, implacable, slanderers, profligates, brutes, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to the outward form of godliness, but denying its power. And the Apostle Paul says to Timothy, avoid them. Hold on one moment. Sorry, I need a little piece of equipment here. Um, Apostle Paul says, avoid them. And he goes on to say, now you have observed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecution, and my suffering, the things that happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. What persecutions I endured. Beloved bishops, I wish every one of you could repeat this. We all do. The sheep desperately need you. We wish that you could say, now you have observed my teaching, not my lack of teaching. You've observed my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions. Every bishop should be able to say that. Every bishop successor of the apostles should be able to say that. And my suffering the things that happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, what persecutions I endured, yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. Indeed, all who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, but wicked people and impostors will go from bad to worse. That's what we have. That's what we have. The more we cling to Christ, the more we honor God, the more we live as true Catholics, the more the the tares of the church will be separated from the wheat, and they will become more obvious, and their deceit will be uh, foiled. Um, But as for you, Paul says, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And you know what I just thought of reading that? How many people, maybe some of you, you know who you are, uh, how many people grew up Catholic, really never knew the faith, and left because of... uh, the scandal in the church today. I don't make light of the scandal. It's probably the worst 
in all 2,000 years since Christ founded the church. We are spreading our dirty laundry all over the world. We are a, a disgrace to the name Catholic. We are a disgrace to God. We, as a people, we are. We live like the world. As many divorces, as many abortions or more, um, immorality, we fill all the shopping malls on Sunday and restaurants like everybody else. We, why, so what? We go to church on Sunday. So what? We won't do any, maybe we'll stay away from mortal sin for the most part. So what? So what? We have been given a mission to convert the world simply by being in it and not of it. Simply by being witnesses. The stores should be empty on Sundays. Restaurants should be empty on Sundays. I had a a woman come here. She entered as a postulant. She's not with us anymore. We're coming home from Mass one Sunday, and she said, Mother, could we stop by? And she named a, a you know, restaurant, a kind of a breakfast place. And could we stop by and eat there? And I said, why on earth would we do that? She said, well, that's, she was in a, with a previous order. She said, oh, we, w- we went out every Sunday to eat. In your habits, and they, they hardly have habits on, but they're modified. Um, she said, oh, yeah, we did it every Sunday. And my heart sunk. I said to her, what kind of witness is that? Going out, nuns in habits, going out and eating at places on Sunday. Is that the way to spend our donors' money? Is that the way to be witnesses in the world? She was floored at my words. It was just normal to her. She wasn't even embarrassed asking that question in the van, in a van full of sisters. No clue. Oh, beloved, you should be home Sunday. Why go out to breakfast with your family and with friends? Why? It's a good thing to do. Make it at home. Don't make other people work and put their children in daycare or not be able to go to church with a, because you are, want to go out and be served. No, not on Sunday. It's a day to worship God. It's a day for Christians to be absent from the world. Let people say, where's everybody? You see, it, it, it grieves me. It absolutely grieves me. People have said here, I say, no, there are times, do you think we don't want to go out on a special occasion? Yeah, we do. We make the decision not to. It's a decision. It doesn't mean we're not normal. We don't want those things. We want those things, but we don't do it. We make a choice. Even if we... Um, don't care about every point of it. We're witnesses in the world. And you say, well, Mother, you're, you're in a habit. I mean, come on, you're a witness whether you want to be or not. But so are you. You know, when I um, was looking into the Catholic Church, I worked as a waitress at an Italian restaurant in New York. And on Friday, uh, it was filled. And every Friday... They had, because the owners were Catholic, they had big lobster specials, very expensive stuff. I mean, it was a a higher-end family restaurant. Lobster feasts, crab legs, and all kinds of stuff. And the restaurant would be filled with Catholics who don't eat meat on Friday. And they'd order a lobster feast. And I would serve them. And I would say, what on earth? To myself, what on earth? What kind of 
sacrifice is that? You don't eat meat and you go out and order a, a I don't know, fifteen, $18 per person lobster feast? What kind of, how, how, what kind of witness is that? Is that what God meant when you make a sacrifice? You go out and you have a lobster feast? I just, I, I didn't fault them. Uh, ultimately, I mean, I can't decide for each one. But it was very strange to me as a non-Catholic. And there was one family, one family, and um, they came in and they ordered and they didn't have meat and they ordered modestly and they would pray before meals and make the sign of the cross. Their children weren't loud. They weren't squirming all over the place. They were respectful. And I served them for several weeks and I finally said to them, I have to ask you a question. They said, of course. I said, what are you? They said, what do you mean, what are we? We're American. I said, no, what faith are you? And they said, we're Catholic. And I tell you what, my heart swelled with happiness because there is a witness. Yes, they were still out in a restaurant, but it wasn't Sunday. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. Respectful, quiet, prayerful family. Ah, and children who were, who were raised rightly with respect. I tell you, beloved, I don't think we have much time left in this world. I know I'm repeating myself, but we have a mission from God. We have a mission. The world's on fire, and we know the way out and the way in, and we are doing very little. We're fighting a good fight for pro-life. Blessed be God forever, I think I, I hardly meet people involved in pro-life causes that aren't giving their whole life, doing a fantastic job. And yes, we have held back the hand of evil in great measure, run, won some wonderful victories, but we've held back evil in great ways. But what about living our faith the rest of the time? What about that? What about going to church on Sunday half naked? We were at Mass this morning. There was, and it was windy this morning, looked like it might rain. And there was a woman in a little polo shirt, and she had to be in, at least in her 40s, maybe late 30s, 40s. And she had a skirt halfway up her thigh, which was she was holding because of the wind, and the rest of her legs were bare, and she had thongs on. She shouldn't even have been in church. And we went to Mass um, another time. It was, it was uh, I don't remember what Mass, noon. It was a noon mass. I think yesterday it was a noon mass. And there was a young lady there. Maybe she was 18, 19 in a, in a little T-shirt and short shorts, not even an inch down her leg. Short shorts. I tell you, it, I had all I could do to not say to her, you should not be in here like that. Bring a wraparound skirt to go to mass and put it on you. I had all I could do to keep quiet. I have all I could do when I see men, even being ushers, even serving as so-called Eucharistic ministers, and they have shorts and thongs, and we sit next to men with their bare or hairy legs. It's terrible. It's just terrible. We don't live for God. We live for ourselves. We don't live for other people. We don't care what other people think. There was a, a woman in church, daily mass. The priest called me. She comes in a little tennis outfit every day. 
and her short her skirt is as short as real short shorts every day with a low tank top and the priest called me one day and he said can you help me out he asked other religious sisters and they wouldn't touch it and he called me and he said can you help me out is there some way you can talk to her i said of course i will did i didn't even hesitate and i did and she was offended and she said well why did the priest tell me himself you know and all of that kind of stuff and i we talked and she, the next day, and I said to her, come in your tennis outfit, but bring a skirt, put it around you. Put a, you know, a shirt over you. Do something for Mass. It, it's, it's very difficult, and it's distracting, and it's difficult. It's not just the priest. It's for other men in the congregation and other women. It's not a place to be half-undressed. And so she came, but she didn't buy it, but she agreed to do it. And then... I wasn't going there anymore, and the, I called the priest after a while, and he said she's back to the same outfit again because I'm not there or because she wants to. I, I don't know. I don't know what it means to be Catholic, beloved, when we could care less about other souls, when we could care less about what we do, what we say. People know you're Catholic in the workplace. Do you curse? Do you cheat on your work? Do you waste time? Uh, do you talk about worldly things the way others do? Um, are you a witness? You don't have to be preaching Christ, although that's not a bad idea, but you need to be a witness by what you do and what you don't do. I, I had that when I was at a, working for an insurance company for a while, and, and a, uh, my kind of a, one, of the, one of the insurance men I was under he just he just couldn't stand me because I didn't hang out with everybody at the water cooler. I didn't join in their lunch conversation. I didn't do anything. I, I was polite to everybody. I said hello. They liked me. I liked them. But I didn't join in anything because the conversations were, uh, there was nothing profitable or pleasant in them. And they, they'd just be the cackling loud laughter the whole time, which St. Benedict talks against. It's improper and it's not good. It's okay to laugh, but not cackling and always trying to make people laugh. That's, it's just not proper. And so I just kept to myself, but I was open and warm and friendly and received everybody. And, and this man came to me and he said, you know, it's fine if you go to church, fine if you do all that, but you have to be a fanatic. You're at work now. Relax. He never understood. And I said, I know I'm at work. What's the difference where I am? I belong to God. I'm his and he is mine, you see? And he never figured it out. It bothered him no end. He couldn't get me to, in his words, loosen up. He didn't think I was enjoying life, and yet he knew I was happy. He knew it. He knew it. But he couldn't stand it. He couldn't figure it out. I think I had what he wants, but it's very hard for people to admit that. So... Beloved, with all your heart, live as if it's true. Live as if it's true. Um, more today than ever before. Okay. Um, I have an email that I'm going to read right, because it came uh, not through our call screener, but right here in the Priory. Somebody emailed me, and I think she suggested that I might recommend this priest to you 
and um, I know the priest, and so I'm going to recommend him, and I'm going to read the email to you. She said, Praise be Jesus, dear Mother Miriam. Um, She gives her name, um, Alfredita, and she says, I'm 48 years old. English is my second language. I started learning about my faith about six to seven years ago since I grew up with no religion. I come from a communist country, Albania. Albania, that's where Mother uh, Teresa came from. She said, now I go to Mass daily and pray and fast a lot. I started to do this because I saw that I had a lot of problems as a person and needed God to heal me. I was angry most of the time, bitter, confused, cruel, fear, prideful, arrogant, insecure. I had depression. I was worried, uh, filled with anxiety. She said, you name it. I prayed and fasted a lot for my problems, but it did not help much. Fridays were my worst days for some reason. Monday were the good days. She said, then last year I thought I'd go to the doctor to be treated for ADD to help me with some of the problems. But before I started the medication, I wanted to make sure I'm doing the right thing. So I texted you anonymously on your show and asked if it's okay to get treated for ADD. And you said, absolutely, uh, it's okay to get treated, my goodness. And she said, so I felt confident that I'm doing the right thing. I started the medicine last year right away. I, I, uh, it took a few weeks to kick in, but it started to help with my concentration. And I was a little happier, and I can have a conversation without getting distracted and having, and having anxiety. She said, I thought this was the answer for my problem, but the most amazing thing happened to me. During the past Lent, it was suggested from my friend from church to listen to Father Chad Ripperger. He's an exorcist priest. You've probably heard of him. I not only heard of him, but I know Father Chad. Um, he's been to our priory. He's a wonderful exorcist priest. He's in Denver now. He was in Tulsa. Um, and he is outstanding, outstanding. Father Chad, C-H-A-D, Ripperger, R-I-P-P-E-R-G-E-R. She goes on. I started listening to his YouTube video of his speech about the theology of demons, spiritual warfare, and most of his videos on YouTube. After listening to him carefully for a few times, um, I now, uh, after listening to him carefully for a few times, I knew that what was, I knew then what was wrong with me. I had no idea that I was diabolically oppressed by demons. He suggests to use holy water, salt, oil that is blessed by an exorcist priest, and I had it all in the house, but I never really used them. Also, he said, to pray for the binding prayer. So I went online searching and found a few of them. Now I'm going to interrupt her email, which is, we're almost done, but I'm going to interrupt it to say that these are sacramentals. And if you have blessed salt, blessed holy water, blessed oil from a priest, specifically that have been exercised, such as epiphany water, um, they, these are powerful sacramentals, powerful against demonic spirits. 
but we need to learn how to use them. And there are wonderful prayers. And if you look up Father Ripiger online, you will find his website. And I don't, he has many videos on YouTube from Census Fidelium, S E N S U S Fidelium. Um, and uh, oh, I forget a website where he has a book with all the spiritual warfare prayers, uh, things that you don't have to necessarily go to an exorcist. You can pray them. And he shows you how to use these things. And there are many, many people that are not possessed, but oppressed by the demonic. They don't know it. And they live for years with uncontrollable anger and pain, and they don't know it. Listen to the testimony of this woman. She said, I started praying all the prayers I found that day. I couldn't wait. Listen, beloved, I was healed by Jesus. I am completely healed. I feel so good. Even my ears that I didn't mention above opened up because I always felt that I had them blocked by something. And now I know from whom. But Jesus is much stronger and bigger than any demon. This happened at the end of March. That's this year, beloved. I stopped the medication right away because I don't need it anymore. I'm happy, joyful, peaceful, fearless, aware, calm, you name it. I'm 100% a different person now, thanks to Jesus, who came to this earth and died for us. So we may live, I'm praising him more than ever. And she goes on to express her gratitude and says she's sharing this story with me, a healing story. She considers it a miracle that I could share it with you and that you could know about this magnificent priest. I recommend every breathing soul to look up Father Chad Ripiger online. God bless you, beloved. There's the music for our break. I'm going to take your calls, texts, and emails uh, as soon as we come back from the break. In the New Testament second letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians, we read, Each must do as already determined, without sadness or compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Your heartfelt gift to the Station of the Cross can be doubled as many companies offer gift-matching programs for their employees' charitable donations. Please check with your employer to see if gift-matching is an option for you. If you are retired, be sure to check with your former place of employment, as some companies will even match the donations of their retired employees. Thank you for supporting the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. Tune in weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern for Sermons for Everyday Living, a program that brings you real sermons from real priests on topics important to you and your faith. Visit thestationofthecross.com for details. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one, from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. 
from every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved. This is Mother Miriam Live. You know that. And I'm happy, happy to be with you. And we've got a whole half hour to ourselves with one more tiny little break. And you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart, toll free or text one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have an email from... Um, a a priest, I don't have his name, who is writing in from upstate New York, and he says, Hello, Mother. The spouse of a parishioner of mine, a non-practicing Presbyterian, was moving gradually toward the faith, coming to Mass sometimes, attending the study of Mass readings and prayers in anticipation of the coming Sunday Mass. Then he heard you say on the radio, or thought he heard you say, that all Freemasons are wicked people. Oh, my goodness. I never uttered such a statement in my life. Why would I ever say Freemasons are wicked people? No, 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 no. And the priest says, I told him I didn't think you would have said that, which, I, of course, I didn't, rather that Freemasonry was wrong. Well, that I would have said. His reaction was to cease coming, and start fundraising. Oh, wow. His reaction was to cease coming and start fundraising for the local lodge. Oh, my goodness. Well, you can tell, hopefully, that parishioner that if he goes to the stationofthecross.com, because this would have been a podcast prior to the live stream, uh, and listens to back programs, he will never, ever find a statement that Freemasons are wicked people. I know many Catholics who are Freemasons. They're not wicked people. They're wonderful people, but they're ignorant of what Freemasonry is. They join it like a social club to do good works or whatever it is, but it's it. I'm going to tell you it's demonic at its core. Um, but the people are not wicked. My goodness. Um you know, we, we have to separate uh, uh, pe- the uh, the sin from the sinner, that kind of thing, and and people who belong to a religion and they don't really know what it is. They don't really know what it teaches at the core. So I'm going to take a minute because um, uh, I'm telling you now it's demonic at its core. That doesn't mean that Freemasons are demonic. They could be. They could well be, but that doesn't mean because they're a Freemason they are. I think most Freemasons 
who are average Catholics in the pew, those who belongs to Freemasonry, I think they're simply ignorant and, and don't know. And if you tell them, they won't believe it. It just like this gentleman wouldn't even look into it. And he went to raise money for the local lodge. That's, it's awful. So here's the church's teaching, the official position on Freemasons, uh, on Freemasonry and uh, the, 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 the fact that it's absolutely incompatible with Catholicism. And I'm looking up um, uh, kind of an official answer on the Catholic Answers website that was carefully put together by that apostolate. And it says Freemasonry is an income. Now, I'm going to take a minute to read this, beloved, rather than quickly go on to the next email, because there's so many people who are involved in this or who friends are or who are ignorant. And ignorant doesn't mean stupid. It means they don't have the knowledge. They're unknowledgeable about what's at its core. They don't know. And so I'm going to read this. Freemason, this is a church's teaching. Freemasonry is incompatible with the Catholic faith. It teaches a naturalistic religion that espouses indifferentism, the position that a person can be equally pleasing to God while remaining in any religion. Masonry is a parallel religion to Christianity. When two things are parallel, they don't join at all. They can't come together. If they were, you know, at, at angles, they might cross but parallel, they'll never cross. They'll never come together. The New Catechism, the New Catholic Encyclopedia says this, quote, Freemasonry displays all the elements of religion, and as such, it becomes a rival to the religion of the gospel. It includes temples and altars, prayers, a moral code, worship, vestments, feast days, the promise of reward or punishment, in the afterlife, a hierarchy, and initiation, and burial rites, end quote. Masonry is also, beloved, it's a secret society. Hold on one second. Okay. Masonry is a secret society. Its initiates subscribe to secret blood oaths that are contrary to Christian morals. The prospective Mason swears that if he ever reveals the secrets of masonry, secrets which are trivial and already well known, he wills to be subject. Uh, he wills to be subject to self mutilation or to gruesome execution. Most masons, admittedly, never would dream of carrying out these punishments on themselves or on an errant member. Historically, one of masonry's primary objectives has been the destruction of the Catholic Church. Beloved, um, this is its primary objective today. It's historical that one of Masonry's primary objectives has been the destruction of the Catholic Church, but I'm telling you, it's at it 24-7 today. Freemasons who have filled the Church to destroy it. And we don't know who they are. Some of them are in, um, they're wolves in sheep's clothing. This is especially true of Freemasonry as it has existed in certain European countries. In the United States, Freemasonry is often little more than a social club, but it still espouses a naturalistic religion that contradicts Orthodox Christianity. 
and those interested in joining a men's club should consider the Knights of Columbus instead. Let me go on with this. We, it, we're almost done with the article. The church has it now. I, I ask the priest uh, in New York who has has this discouraged parishioner um, to re, or let him listen to this podcast or go to catholic.com, print out the article for him, um, or tell him that you listened or whatever it may be, and that I would never say Freemasons are wicked people. Uh, my goodness, um, it, people that worship Satan, are they wicked people? I can't tell you that they are. Have they been led into Satanism for umpteen reasons? Yes. Can I tell you that they're evil themselves? I can't tell you that. I can tell you what they're practicing is evil. It's the same thing with Freemasonry. Freemasonry. Beloved, there's the music for our second break. We'll be back in just a minute. Don't go away. Call in with anything on your heart toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. This is Father Yatsuk Mazur. Please join me in excerpts from a prayer by St. Ephraim of Syria. O Lord, Master of my life, grant that I may not be infected with the spirit of slothfulness and inquisitiveness, with the spirit of ambition and vain talking. Grant instead to me, your servant, the spirit of purity and of humility, the spirit of patience and neighborly love. For you are blessed now and forever. Amen. Accuracy of our donor information is important to us at the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. Please let us know if recent changes have been made to your payment information so that we can better serve you as you continue to bless us with your financial support. Update your information today at thestationofthecross.com or by calling 1-877-888-6279, extension 104. If you appreciate Catholic Radio and want to help in our evangelization efforts, making a transfer of stock is one of the most beneficial ways you can donate to the Station of the Cross. We accept stock transfers from your investment portfolio in support of our mission to bring Christ to others. And if you donate a gift of stock, know that you're not alone. Many people donate to charities by gifting stock. There are even substantial tax benefits for donating stock to a charity such as ours. Would you like to learn more about the possibility of gifting stock to the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network? Please call us at 1-877-888-6279. That's 1-877-888-6279. You can also visit us online at thestationofthecross.com. That's thestationofthecross.com. Thank you for your support of Catholic Radio. May God bless you and your family. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
Welcome back, beloved. Uh, we've got a good 15 to 20 minutes, so feel free to call in with anything on your heart. We've been talking about Freemasonry, and I'm uh, just going to give you two very short paragraphs at the end of this article uh, from Catholic.com. And it says this. Uh, again, people are ignorant of this. They do not know it. The Church has imposed the penalty of excommunication on Catholics who become Freemasons. Now, you know, if you are a Freemason, beloved, and you say, you've got to be kidding, I'm not interested, I'm a Freemason, and they don't teach any bad stuff and all that, if you, if you get emotional because of what you want or what you know, and you don't respect the Church and what it says, and you're not interested in finding out and researching it, um, if you do it willfully, if you do it in ignorance, it's one thing. If you do it willfully, you're excommunicating yourself. Um, so, and you, you cannot receive the Eucharist and be a Freemason. Now, you've done it all this time in ignorance. Go to confession and tell the priest that you, you simply did not know that, and he will absolve you, and then you receive the Eucharist. But if you hear this and you continue being a Freemason, and you continue receiving the Eucharist, you are in, in grave sin. The Church has imposed, I'm reading now, the penalty of excommunication on Catholics who become Freemasons. Listen to me. Listen to this. I'm quoting. The penalty of excommunication for joining the Masonic Lodge was explicit in the 1917 Code of Canon Law, which is Canon number 2335, and is implicit in the 1983 Code, which is Canon 1374, because the Revised Code, unfortunately now, because the Revised Code of Canon Law is not explicit on this point, it should be, but it's not, some have drawn the mistaken conclusion that the Church's prohibition of Freemasonry has been dropped. It has not, beloved. And as a result of this confusion, Shortly before the 1983 code was promulgated, the Sacred Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith issued a statement indicating that the penalty was still in force. This statement was dated November 26, 1983, and may be found in Origins. That's a publication of the Church's laws um, and canon, uh, O-R-I-G-I-N-S. It's the name of the publication um, 1327, um, November 15th, 1983, page 450, I think it is. So I'll, I'll stop with that, beloved, but it, it's, it's serious. It's not just a matter of personal preference. Um, okay, we have a, a, um, a question here that's from Facebook from someone, it's, I, I don't know if I'll pronounce your name right, Antiquila. It's A-N-T-Q-U-L-A-H. Antiquila. I'm not sure now. Uh, sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. The question is, why do you wear a, a hijab? Now, it's H-I-J-A-B, and I apologize. I haven't looked up the correct pronunciation of that. I'll just say hijab. That's how it's spelled, hijab. It's a head covering. I know that. But you don't like Muslim women to wear their covering just like you do. Who says that? I, you know, it's an amazing thing that people are telling me what I say, and I never say that. Why? I never said such a thing. 
that I don't like Muslim women wearing their covering. I love Muslim women wearing their covering. I pass them in the airport on the streets. And you know what I do? I put my hands together in prayer and I, I bow to them it, to respect them and acknowledge them. And you know what they do? They do the same back to me. They smile uh, and they bow back. Hijab, I was just told how to pronounce it. Hijab or hijob, I'm not sure. But um, uh, they do the, I, I, I put my hands together in prayer and I bow to them just a little bit, not crazy, because I'm acknowledging them. What am I acknowledging? That they're a human being made by God, for God, and that they live their faith by not being afraid to wear that hijab or whatever it is, to wear that head covering. Uh, They wear their religion in public, and so do I. And I love that. I have respect for that. Now, I wish every Muslim would know the Christ who loved them and gave himself for them and would become Catholic, the church our Lord established. I wish that. They probably wish I would become Muslim. So this is understandable. But people who live their faith, I have tremendous respect for that. So I love that you wear it. And and that's why I wear it, to be assigned to God in the world and to be done with the world and death, dead to self, that we could be fully God. So uh, I love it. And if other, other Catholics, if you're asking me, I have no problem with women wearing their head coverings. My goodness. Um, if you say Catholics in general, I can't answer for that. I don't know that Catholic in general don't like Muslims wearing head coverings. I think it's a, I think it's a wonderful thing. I think if you become Catholic, you should continue wearing your head covering, actually. Um, but um, so hopefully I've helped with that in some way. If there are particular women you've met that don't like your head covering, well, that, those are particular women. They don't represent the church. There are people who don't want me wearing my veil and head covering. And some of them are other supposed religious sisters, and they don't like it. They think I'm making a, putting a show on or making a statement. Well, I am making a statement. It's that I have been honored by God to be called to this vocation and to wear a color that represents death to self. We have a text from Deacon Joe. Dear Mother Miriam, how may we contact your convent? I would say simply go on to our website, www.motherofisraelshope.org. Click on the contact button. You'll get a phone number there and you'll get email and you'll get our street address and everything is still quite current. We have an email from Velma. She says, Dear Mother Miriam, I had the privilege of hearing you speak many years ago in San Antonio, Texas at their Catholic Women's Conference. Since then, I've moved to Montana and started a Catholic Women's Conference. I'm wondering, since you have become religious, do you go out and speak like you did in San Antonio? Um, Each conference here, we have a sister speak. Our primary purpose is to have sisters share their wisdom and faith through their speaking and to make the sisters visible to primarily rural Montana. It's not a regular thing to experience Catholic sisters inhabit in Montana. I hope I will hear back from you. Thank you, Velma. Velma, my dear one, I'm not able to respond to you. This really uh, uh, is not a call for for Mother Miriam Live. Um, It's a personal call or to to our our order or an email, but I I can't respond to you on 
on Mother Miriam Live on that, and I cannot promise to get back to you, uh, dear one. Um, if you wish to be in touch, go ahead and go on our website and email me at mother at uh, www.mother of it. Uh, you'll, you'll see the contact information on our website. Okay. God bless you. Uh, Beatrice uh, has an email. Um, and she says, Dear Mother, thank you for your program and staying faithful to the traditional Catholic faith. Well, thank you, Beatrice, but I thank God for that one, of course. Mother, I suffered to see how the church is changing. The church is changing so fast. I see bishops trying to call uh, to stay faithful to tradition, but the Pope and a lot of the prelates are changing the rules. Divorced, remarried can go to communion. Protestant pastors can go to communion, etc. I live in Switzerland, close to Econ, where Monsignor Lefebvre created the FS, um, SSPX, refusing the Second Vatican Council. I ask myself if I should stop going to my Novus Ordo Parish Church and join the SSPX. What do you think I should do? Thank you for your answer and for your work. May God bless you. Sincerely, Beatrice. Okay, Beatrice, I understand everything you've written, and I sympathize with you, but the answer is no. Do not go to the SSPX. I would, in a second, if they were declared by the Holy Father in communion with the Church, I know their history, I know how they started, I know the story of what happened, and I know that people uh, believe that... um, uh, uh, that uh, in any who sympathize with Archbishop Lefebvre and say the church was they're not in schism and all of that and uh, Pope Benedict lifted the excommunications but never really stated that the SSPX uh, was was back in union with the church and there's so much involved in that but um, still the the bottom line is that they are not in communion with the church. So we cannot go there. Now, um, the church is not changing. The church cannot change. It is the church that Christ established against which the gates of hell will not prevail and which he promised to lead into all truth to the end of time. The church, the doctrine, truth, does not change, period. The application of the truth uh, will change for the better or the worse. But if the if the application of truth denies the truth, then it's it's uh, it's heresy. So you mentioned a couple things. Um, uh, the Pope and a lot of prelates are changing the rules. Uh, they can change certain rules, such as um, you know eating meat on Fridays. That those are disciplines. They cannot change doctrine. And so here you give an example, Beatrice, a divorce, remarried, can go to communion. No, they cannot. They will be in mortal sin if they are divorced and remarried without a proper annulment and proper marriage in the church. They will be in mortal sin. And you say, but the Pope says they can. The Pope is wrong. And this is not, the Pope is not infallible. The only time he's infallible is when he teaches a matter of doctrine faith or morals, that is binding on the faithful. This is not binding on the faithful. He's given leeway for, for certain of the faithful to do this. But if you do it, if you follow what the Pope has said, 
you will be in sin. You won't be just excused because the Pope allows it. No, you will not be excused. We are, what if the Pope was a heretic? What if the Pope was a Freemason? I'm not saying any of those things are true, but what if? Are we going to follow the devil's way into hell? Or are we going to follow Christ? There are things in the church that may not be changed. This is one of them. Apostle Paul says, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, if you eat and drink the body and blood of Christ unworthily, you bring condemnation on yourself. That has never changed and cannot change. No matter what anybody will ever say, you may not, if you are divorced and remarried, you may not receive Holy Communion unless you are properly annulled and properly married in the church. Protestant spouses can go to communion, she says. You may not. There is no Protestant spouse and no one that is a non-Catholic that can go to communion. Even if they're in RCAA, you may not go to communion because it's a lie. It's a desecration of the sacrament, and it's a lie. When somebody receives communion, if they're not in Catholic, they're not in communion with the church, and they may not receive it. These things don't change. These things don't change, beloved. So no, you stick to what the church teaches, and you do that no matter what, and God will honor you. God will honor you. Going to SSPX does not solve the, the problem at all because you will be uh, separating yourself from the church, and I don't think you want to do that. It's not a good thing. Um, now, uh, we have very little ending to the, sh- to the program. Let me see if I can take one more quick email from someone who writes in anonymously. I listen to the recording of your program while my children have a nap or TV time in the afternoon. Thank you for the work you do. Our local Catholic Mothers Group is meeting at a playground this summer and doing pre-reading activities with our children. Most of us have children ages five and under. We'd like to add a catechism element, but the children's attention span is limited. I was thinking of maybe a religious song, but I could not really find anything. Do you have any suggestions for music or a short activity that is appropriate for young children? Yes, uh, we have 30 seconds. Go to, um, oh, help, help, help. I, I don't know the website. Look up Matthew Arnold. Matthew Arnold. Look up his website. And he has, I think, a book and a tape uh, of children's songs. They're utterly, faithfully, wonderfully Catholic, and they teach the faith, and it's wonderful. The other thing you can do is go to um, the Joyful Catholic or Mother of Our Savior, uh, and they have fabulous Catholic things for children. Uh, So does St. Augustine Academy Press, St. Augustine Academy Press. You will find wonderful things for your children. Beloved, the weekend's before us. God bless you. Live your faith with your mind, heart, soul, and strength. And we'll speak with you on Monday. God bless you.